Hello, welcome to the Batteries Included podcast. It's August the 25th, 2023, and this is episode number negative one. More on that in a moment. Thank you very much for joining us. On today's show, we'll be talking about driving the Lotus Elettre R, the debuts of the Lamborghini Lanzador and Pininfarina B95 Barchetta, premiere of the Remac Navara Time Attack and setting a new Nürburgring record, and of course, much, much more. I'm Dominic Yoni, host of the YouTube channel, Drive Electric with Dominic. Today, we are joined by a special guest, Dave Connor, host of the YouTube channel, Out of Spec Dave on YouTube, right? And of course, we also have Kyle Connor, who joins us from the majestic, practically palatial halls of Out of Spec Studios, where he produces high-voltage videos for a number of YouTube channels. Good morning. Hey there, everybody. Good to see y'all. Morning. How's it going, Dave? Good morning. Morning. Yeah, it's going great. So right a little on. rainy here in Stanford, Connecticut, but we'll we'll take it. Okay, and uh, you're joining us. It looks from the uh, practically palatial halls of your lucid air, I would say. Yes, yeah, not practically palatial. This thing is. It's got this a massive glass window. It is palatial, you know. So uh, by definition. Right on. So it's been a busy week for you, Dave. I just want to start with you since you're our special guest. And um, just looking at you all, I don't know if people can see a, like a familial resemblance, but uh, both of our, our co-hosts today are, have the last name of Connor. And uh, yes, they are <laughs> related somewhat. Um, yeah, I mean, so. I, I've, I've met Kyle once or twice before. So, you know, uh, oh, yeah? for those of you who don't know, Kyle... I'm Kyle's dad, so there you go. And um, yeah, Dominic, listen, I've had a very busy week. It started off last weekend uh, driving from Florida, a uh, two-day road trip in my my wife's Model Y Long Range, and um, you know, so that was that was pretty wild. And then I ended up. Uh, we can talk about that if you'd like. Yeah. And then, but, but and then on Tuesday. I was, uh, was it Tuesday? What it, yeah, I guess it was. I was in Brooklyn for um, to do the reveal of the, the Ford F-150 Lightning uh, Platinum Black Edition, which was pretty wild. And, right. And, um, yeah, so a lot, lot going on. I think you also managed to squeeze in the uh, New York Electrify Expo and, with it, and riding in the uh, Ford Mustang Mach-E 1400 performance demonstrator as well, right? Yes, absolutely. That was uh, I was there for two days. It was uh, out of Nassau Coliseum. Really good event, as a matter of fact, because I had never been before, and I just realized they started it in 2021. But it's it's not just the ability to see vehicles, but you can also drive them as well. And you're right; they had this crazy, you know, uh, Mach E um, 1400 driven by Colette Davis, and I was I was able to get hey, hey look at that. Wow. Hey, Tom. Yeah, it just popped into the studio. Or just, if you were not watching this on YouTube, uh, we were just joined by the, uh, uh, I don't know, magnificent Tom Malak, who is like standing somewhere in front of the Mediterranean, I'm guessing. Hey, guys. I'm in Corfu, Greece. Sorry to uh, bomb your podcast. Uh, these guys didn't know I was going to make a quick appearance. I didn't know either. I'm here at a bar, and I got the notification that you guys are live. I'm drinking some... Aperol Spritz, and I said, you know what? Let me just jump in, say hello to everyone. I see Out of Spec Dave has joined us this week, so he can take my spot, and uh, I'm sure he'll do a great job with it. But I just wanted to say hi to everyone, and uh, you know, tell you guys I'll be back next week for our regular show. 
All right. <laughs> Hello and enjoy Greece. That looks freaking awesome. Nice That's yacht, okay. by the way. Are you on a yacht? What are you on? on a no, no, I'm in a bar. I'm, I'm at this bar right behind us. Having some drinks and uh, enjoying my vacation. Feeling pretty good right about now. And, uh, you know, the night is still young, so I'm sure I'll be feeling even better in a couple of hours. But I just wanted to say hi to everyone and, uh, you know, knock them dead this week, guys. I'll see you next week. All right, Tom. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you, that. That's great. <laughs> and we have an excellent, we, we have a little segment with Tom actually coming up where we recorded uh, a couple of days ago where we just talk about uh, what he's been doing this week besides enjoying himself <laughs> on boats. <laughs> oh, that was great. Yeah, so. So, yeah, so, yeah. so Dominic, just to, to just to pick up on on the um, you know the event and the F, uh, the, the the Ford Mustang Mach E the the fourteen hundred, um, it, it really was um, quite a spectacular time for me. I, I barely fit in the car. Well, do you want to explain um, what it is, Dad? Because I don't think anyone's yeah. ever heard oh, of yeah, the fourteen hundred. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, like we know what yeah. it is because we see. You know, this is our kind of stuff. Most of our audience is not into performance driving at all, so it, this is a you know new world for them. Yes, yeah. Sir. Well, look. I mean, Kyle, do you want to give an overview? Or I, I'm happy to as well. Whichever. Sure, I, I can do it pretty quick. And uh, basically, it's just a, if you take a Mustang Mach-E body in white, if you will, which is just the shell. And there is no resemblance to the production car beyond that at all, other than styling. They have seven motors in this thing, own custom battery pack in there. Um, it does huge skids. It's absolutely insane. Massive cooling package, completely bespoke suspension. Um, everything is, uh, you know, not realistic from a Mustang Mach-E other than the shape. But Ford built this to basically take it to auto shows, not necessarily EV shows, to help dispel the myths of what EVs could be. So they put a whole bunch of people in this car. It's got four racing seats and, um, you know, they take it around and basically take people for, for hot laps. And my dad can talk about that experience. But the whole idea was not necessarily to say this is what Mustang Mach-E can do, but this is what electric can do. It's a pretty cool project. Right. And that, that uh, lady that was on the video here, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, she is actually the driver as well. And um, so, yeah, she, she's in the car. Um, giving us well, Paulette's a famous YouTuber as well. She's on Adam, you know, Adam LZ's girlfriend. They're always filming stuff. They're you know, very, very well known in the car space. And she's great. Um, so have known her from watching videos for a long time. So it was cool to see my dad with her in, in this Right. Um, yeah. Actually, this video is on the Outerspec Dave channel, and it's actually really good because Dave, yes. Dave took Dave took the time to go around and talk with uh, get a lot of technical details. I don't think anyone's really gotten before. It was kind of amazing. I didn't have a chance to watch the whole thing myself last night, but uh, yeah, you got a lot of good information there. If you're kind of interested about the cooling, uh, there's some great stats. I think it pumps through like uh, was it 50 gallons of of dielectric fluid a minute to the battery system that's right so this like that's right. external so, so basically what 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 happens with this car it, it's really just a, it's a it's an insane drift car and the number 1400 is uh that's the horsepower that it has it's got four motors in the back three in the front and what happens is every three runs that they do and they're 45 second runs and they spin the car around they need to they need to change the tires because they just rip through the tires 
Uh -huh. And this particular parking lot that you see here in on Long Island, it was a very, it was very coarse, almost like a cheese grater. So it really, uh, you know, ripped through the tires very, very uh, quickly. But they had almost like Ford brings. It's in combination with RTR, which is, um, I guess, the a racing modification uh, company that they bring their whole their whole truck. They've got the whole setup. They've got tires, and if you will, almost like a NASCAR uh, racing crew that changes the tires as they need to do it. They do three runs, change tires. They do that three times, nine runs. Then they have to take the car back to the truck and they have to put connect, connect it up to this device that runs that 50 gallons of dielectric fluid through the battery. When they're running the car on the track, the battery is dry. It doesn't have any fluid in it. And so what they need to do is cool that battery down through a cycle and also charge the battery up. What's interesting is the battery, the way it's designed, and this is what, um, one of the engineers um, that, that it was explaining it to me, is when they, when they are um, charging the battery pack, the fastest the battery pack will charge is 60 kilowatts. That's it. But they actually charge it at 40 because they need time to cool the battery pack down because it's just a 1500 pound hunk of metal that needs time to cool down. So anyway, you know, bottom line is it's, it's a big draw um, for those people that are at the, at the uh, show. It blows a ton of smoke. My shirt was covered in rubber because they leave the windows open when you go down. And it's just a great way to say, holy smokes, this thing, it rips. It has so much power, and as Kyle said, look, I think it's more of a showcase as to pushing the envelope to redefine, perhaps in some people's mind, what electric can do. Definitely not something you're going to see anywhere on the road. It's a one-of-a-kind car. There's only one in the world, and I got to drive in it, and Kyle, you didn't yet, so I'm, I'm psyched. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So another big thing this week, you got your first press vehicle, I think, ever. It seems like a, a bit of a, you I know, did, yes. kind of a big deal. So what'd you get and what are you doing with it? Yeah, so I picked up uh, a Ford F-150 uh, Lightning. This is a Platinum, and I, I've, I'm going to be making at least four or five videos with it over the weekend. And uh, it's it's really exciting for me. Now, I've driven in Tom's, uh, in his F-150 Lightning before. And okay. I've driven, actually, I think uh, all electric families, um, I think I drove in his, I can't remember. So I've driven them before, but now I have time to spend in the vehicle and do a road trip with it. Um, I'm going to be taking it up to Albany, New York this weekend, where uh, the head of the uh, F-150, um, uh, the Lightning Club, Right. Uh, it, he started off just as New England, but now he's running it nationally. It's a Facebook group. and. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go up and visit Joe up there in Albany, and then uh, I'm gonna see a couple of other people. I'm gonna throw my wife Kathy in it and see what she thinks of it. Uh, I'm the only one that can drive it because the way the press vehicles work, you have to sign all these. I mean, Dominic, it was unbelievable. There, so many fine print. You know, I, I signed my life away. I don't know what I signed, but uh, but yeah, I've got my first press press vehicle. I'm pretty excited to test it out. Right on. Uh, I mean, that's not the only uh, F1 Ford F-150 Lightning they had, you had the, the deal with this week. You also did like a special, like a debut presentation of the new, uh, of a new trim of the uh, Ford F-150 Lightning. It's the pre that's right. 
you tell me what it is. That's right. It's the uh, so so Ford announced yesterday morning at nine a.m. They had a press release about a new new version of the F one fifty Lightning. Uh, so basically, you have you have the Pro, which is kind of the base truck, then the XLT, then you got the Lariat, then you have the Platinum, and now what they've done is they've added on a Platinum Black kit. Which adds six thousand five hundred dollars to the price. This thing is ninety-eight grand. Okay, so and it's going to be coming out in twenty twenty-four, and it it is a three M vinyl wrapped. It's they take a black platinum truck, and then what they do is they wrap it in this three M material. That's not the truck right there. That's a right. that's a a guy from Washington. That that guy, that big guy right there, yeah. that's his truck. Okay. They kind of patterned this truck after. Right. And so, um, and what they do, Dominic, is they add some some features to the the Platinum. So things that are available as options on on the Platinum, such as the automatic running boards, such as the sprain in butt, you know, bed liner, and then also the 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 fold up tonneau cover. They they come with all of that, but. Um, the other thing that's really kind of, I think, really a good thing about this this black platinum black are the black seats. And okay. one of the reasons is that the only the only trim you can get in a platinum, I think, are like this light gray color that, you know, in a, I mean, it looks nice, but I'm not sure about the wear and and you know if you're if you're wearing jeans and that kind of thing. Sure. Um, so black interior as well. So yeah, they, they they debuted this. Basically, it's another trim level. So that's um, like it's a, not like there's any additional functionality. Okay. So those seats, I guess those are what they call those Lux Black Premium Nirvana leather seating surfaces. That's pretty fancy sounding. Yeah, Nirvana Nirvana seats. You know, whatever. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's uh, they got you know same twenty two inch tires, a little bit of a modified wheel. Um, that's unique to the, to the platinum black. There's a lot of visual uh, touches on this. It. Yeah, there. And and the one thing though, uh, Kyle and I were talking about this. The one thing that's of substance here, which may be indicative of what they're going to do for model year 2024. You see the charge port that's that right there that I'm showing. Right. Um, they they put some some like high gloss um, plastic uh, on spots where you touch because when you touch matte black, even though it's a wrap. It kind of gets a little bit discolored, if you will. Sure. So, but what's interesting is on the on the F one fifty, they have a faux or false charge port on the starboard side, on the right side of right. The, of the F one fifty, and it serves no purpose, right? right? So what they've done is they've eliminated that on this F one fifty Platinum Black. And if you think about it, that's a material change because now you've got a whole new stamp for that front right fender that you have to make. And it seems to me that if Ford is going to the trouble of putting out only this 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 unit is only available two thousand, or they're only going to make two thousand of these, why would they go through the whole trouble of creating a whole new front fender to only make two thousand vehicles? So, you know, maybe. Maybe it's a little bit of speculation, but maybe for the 2024 model year, they'll they'll eliminate that faux charge port on the right-hand side of the car. Right. It would be right here, right, generally? Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, so that's gone. Yeah, so that's, yeah, mostly uh, 
uh, visual changes, but it does have, uh, it will have Blue Crew's 1.2 with lane change assist and in-lane repositioning, as well as walkway locking, which is kind of nice. But, uh, and there's 2,000 copies of this going to be uh, made. So I guess if you like the matte black Ford F-150 Lightnings and have a good chunk of change, they start at 97,995. That's, uh, that's a the good thing chunk is, of change. Though, you know, but Dominic, think about this, right? It's a lot okay. of money, but, but, $6,500 option gives you a matte black wrap, which sure. if you do a wrap, you go to a high-end wrap shop, that's at least four or five grand. Yeah. You do a spray and bed liner. How much is that? A thousand? I don't know. You do yeah, the much. automatic, uh, what do you call them, the, the sidestep thing? That's got to be a pretty expensive option. That thing's, yeah, cover. that's a couple grand. That's got to be a couple grand. I don't know. Right. So, yeah. so when you when you really start to unpack the sixty five hundred, dare I say that sounds like a pretty good value as opposed to if you were to do this by buying a platinum and wrap it yourself. The problem is not to say the problem, but man, is that platinum the base of that thing is ninety three grand. It's a lot of money. So you start getting up with delivery. This truck is is just just a tick under a hundred thousand dollars, and there's no added functionality. It's not like this has a a larger battery pack, or it's not like it's got you know extra range, or you know it, it's it's the same truck. It's just an appearance package. But dare I say that sixty five hundred dollars to me, that's a good value. It's just that it's pricey when you add it all up. Man, that's a lot of money for a for a, a pickup truck. Right. Yep. Well, all right. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, I think we should. We can. Uh, let's talk to. Uh, let's talk to Tom again. Uh, he he was not joining us live, but we do have a, a little bit of a recording that we made the other day, and we're going to talk about the uh, EV 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 charging adapters are now banned from from major networks. So let's hear his take on this situation. Hello, Tom. How you doing? Dominic, how's it going? Doing pretty good. Still on the cruise. I see that. Looks like you're in the boat. Lots of like galley doors down the hallway behind you. It's a ship, Dom. A ship. Right. right. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of doors behind me. I'm actually trying to get a good solid signal. Where we, where I am now, uh, I wasn't getting a good signal, so I had to go stand uh, outside of my room. I couldn't be on the the out on the patio like I was uh, last time. Right. So we just want to get in touch with you real quick. We won't keep you for too long, but uh, we just want to ask you. So you have a video coming out, and I think we touched on this a little bit in a in a previous episode, but you kind of get into the details of it now. Apparently, the major charging networks are are banning adapters. Sort of. Can they do that? What's up with that? So yes, they they technically they can. Whether or not they can enforce it, that's a. Oops. Briefly mentioned this in one of our previous shows. If you remember, uh, a few weeks ago, Electrify America sent out an email that they were going to be changing their price structure. They were transitioning from a set pricing to more of a dynamic pricing that was going to change from station to station, kind of like what Tesla does with their superchargers now. They don't have set pricing. It depends on what they pay for the energy, which is probably the most fair way of doing it. Mm -hmm. But they also said, we've also updated our terms of use. So I went to the terms of use and read through it, and I noticed something that I hadn't noticed before. Now, they could have snuck this in there at some point previously, and I just missed it, but I never saw this before. And I read Electrify America's terms of, of use at some point in the past. 
And basically, there's a line in there now that says you're prohibited from using third-party adapters on our network, adapters that aren't made by auto manufacturers specifically for use on their vehicles. So right now, only Tesla makes adapters for DC fast charging or even for uh, level two charging. So they're basically saying if Tesla didn't make it, you can't use it on our network. Uh, <laughs> and hmm. the, thing, the, thing, yeah. the thing is, Dom, this is going to get even more complex now that these manufacturers are transitioning to the North American charging standard, the NACS connector, because now you're going to see even more adapters come out than before. Sure. Previously, we had the, the CCS1 adapter, so Tesla vehicles could use CCS1 uh, chargers. But now we're going to get the opposite. We're going to get adapters that allow CCS vehicles to charge on uh, Tesla superchargers or North American charging standard uh, connectors, which all of the networks are going to have. So it's there's a crazy amount of adapters out there now. Just go on Amazon and do search for CCS1 adapter. You'll see dozens and dozens and dozens of them. And the wow. problem is, and this is the problem is, some of them I searched, uh, some of them were as cheap as $60, while other, okay. others cost many hundreds of dollars. So you know that the $60 one, isn't built well. Let's face it. You know, it's it's just not made well, and uh, it probably can't withstand the amount of power that is going to be passing through it for prolonged periods of time. So basically, right. I think um, Electrify America and EVgo. I also um, mentioned in the video that I reached out to both networks to comment on this, and they both responded and told me, "Look, this is for safety reasons. We can't have all these." adapters being used on our network what if somebody gets hurt what if they damage their car what if they damage the charger then they're going to be you know we're not going to pay for that you know right. if you use a non-authorized adapter and you cause harm or damage it's on you we're we're not going to be held responsible that's basically what the ban is they're not right. going to there's not going to be the adapter police going around and, and and going to the charging stations and seeing if people are using adapters and saying, hey, you're banned. You can't use our chargers anymore. That's not going to happen. I think right. this is more of a liability thing. Right. So this is kind of like a legal language built into their terms that just protects them should somebody, you know, get a you know, like a crappy adapter and there's an, an incident of some sort. So this like legal protection. I think that's really mostly what this is about. It's about right. the legal end of it, not um, preventing people from using their uh, their uh, their network. And I, I think I, I think both networks were um, appreciative that I'm I I picked up this type of a a, a topic and wanted to talk about adapter safety. So sure, that's yeah. why I made a video on it because you know it's it, there's a lot of issues that you could have. The adapters might not be built well enough. Some of these adapters don't have the safety mechanisms to lock the adapter to the connector while it's charging. And you can basically unplug it hot, which that's, that's, yeah, is no good. Huge. I mean, it's a problem unplugging a, a, a charger hot when it's on level two, you know, 240 volt. But now you're talking about 800 volts, 400 volts, 800 volts or more up mm -hmm. to 500 amps passing through this thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a huge issue if, you know, somebody trips over the cable and it unplugs, it, it, it pulls the adapter away from the connector. So, you know, it's, yeah. uh, you've got to urge the followers to be safe and only use, am I breaking up? 
Yeah, you're breaking up there for a second. Uh, yeah, it'll let it get let it gather itself back together again because it's mostly pretty good. It's just you know, yeah. Sorry uh, about that. <laughs> no, it's it's, it's fine. Yeah. So yeah, so this will be interesting. So I I expect to see. So you're you know you're the king of es evse reviews, home charger reviews. Uh, I can see you coming up with a testing protocol for these adapters as well. Is that on your radar? It's possible, but quite honestly, you know, I will review them. I'll continue right. to review them. I have a lot of them in the garage right now. But, you know, I also understand what my wheelhouse is. I'm not an engineer. I, I think um, a Sandy Monroe teardown is probably better than, I mean, I could tear the thing down and look at it and say, this doesn't look right, but I don't really know, you know, so I think sure. somebody who's maybe an electrical engineer needs to pull these things apart and really test them rigorously, or you know what, the, the, they just needs to be a standards body that certifies them. And well, that would you, be nice. if, you just don't buy it if it's not certified. So um, I, I think that's going to happen. This is still a new industry. I know we've been driving EVs for a decade or so now, but that's still, it's still in its infancy. And these adapters are still something that's very new. And right. you know how it takes time to get caught up to stuff like this. But I think we're going to see that. But for now, if you're one of our followers, please don't buy the least expensive, cheap um, CCS adapter you find online. It, right. It's probably not going to be built that well. Yeah, maybe we can find some uh, decent ones that we ha can have confidence that we can recommend or something at some point, you know, once we have a, a bit more information and everything. Yeah, I'll definitely be doing that moving forward, especially once the NAX adapters come out. Exactly, so that's yeah. going to be a good point. Because there's going to be a lot of those. I mean, people are going to yeah. be buying those by the probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions. Um, uh, 100%. So... Uh, there's something else in the news this week I wanted to ask you while we have you on here. We got yeah, a couple of minutes. Uh, Rivian, Rivian R1S has a uh, Rivian's like designed a camp kitchen for this. That's the SUV version of their uh, of yep. their platform. And originally they had a camp kitchen for the R1T pickup truck, which you owned at one point. And I think you bought it because it had this like crazy camp kitchen that you know, slid out of the uh, the storage space there. Uh, so I don't know. I guess did you see this uh, camp kitchen for the R1S? And does that uh, you think it's not it's not a real product? It was just a patent, I think. Yeah. Well, it's cool to see that Rivian is still you know trying to make this work. And yeah, it was one of the reasons that I was one of the things I was excited about when I ordered my R1T, and I ordered it with the Rivian camp kitchen option. Obviously, I didn't get it, mm. and uh, it's it's also one of the reasons why I decided to keep the Lightning over the Rivian. You know, I had both pickup trucks, and I was deciding which one to keep. And I tell you, if the Rivian had the camp kitchen in it, that would have been a big plus on the Rivian side because I think mm -hmm. that's just such a cool feature, be able to roll up to a you know, some sort of an outdoor event, the campsite, you know, I go to football games, you know, tailgating parties and roll that thing out and start cooking um, would be fantastic. So if the, if they do make the R1S camp kitchen, I'll take a look at it, but right. you know, uh, it has to take up some storage space in the back of the R1S. Whereas with the R1T, I really didn't use the gear tunnel much. I had enough space in the front and in the vehicle. For me, that was the perfect place to put it because it just right. rolled right in that gear tunnel that I don't need for. Um, but with the R1S, it's going to be taking up space in the back. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're you're breaking up for a second. So, but you were saying that yeah, the R1S. If you had put the camp kitchen 
you know, it's going to take up some storage space in the back there. I think you're coming back in with this. Yeah, I can hear you now. My back? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Kind of. Kind of? It's a, it's a little sketchy. Your, 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 your voice and image aren't quite synced up. All right. Well, well, so we could probably call it quits. You can jump back to the regular weekly podcast. Sure. I tried. Uh, I, tr I tried to make an appearance on this week's show. Um, but, yeah, I think you were right as far as what I was saying with the R1S. It's probably not going to be as good a product as it would have been for the R1T where it pulls out of the cam kitchen. So I'll take a look at it. But, I mean, pulls out of the gear tunnel. I'll take a look at it. Maybe I'll get it. We'll see if it ever becomes available. Yeah, well, I mean, it combines like two of your favorite things, electric vehicles and cooking stuff, you know, like if you don't know, for for those of, of you out there who don't know, Tom had a, a an Italian restaurant for many years. And, you know, I, I believe you love you got to love cooking if you're going to run a restaurant, right? Absolutely. Yeah. For, for 29 years, I actually owned a restaurant in a previous yeah. life. That's but, right. uh, so, yeah, you know, we'll see if it becomes available. I'll I'll kick the tires. All right. Well, we'll let you get back. To, we'll let you get back to your current life, which is like a life of luxury. Taking a break, actually, because you work very hard all year round, and so this little bit of time floating around on a boat, hopefully, uh, recharge your batteries, so to speak. Ah. It has been. It's really <laughs> been fantastic. It's been. It's been a great trip so far. I don't want to go home. <laughs> right. All right. Well, we'll we'll leave it with you there, and we'll see you next week on our launch show, our official first. You know, episode one. All right. Looking forward Looking to this. Forward to it. See you guys. Okay. Ciao. And we're back. Hey. And we're all back. Awesome. Um, okay. So that's uh, Tom out in the middle of the, on a floating on a boat. Uh, but so, Kyle, you were not floating on a boat this week. You got to do some great things. And we talked a little bit about this last show because you had just uh, arrived to Monterey for Car Week. And um, so you saw a number of vehicles there, but the most let's just talk about the most uh, important or uh, the vehicle that you love the most that you at least that you reviewed. You, so you have a nice like long review of this thing, and I'll pull it up on the screen. Uh, the Lotus Electre, Electra, Electre depends how you want to pronounce it. I'm, we're not exactly sure. We need a, a British voice to tell us exactly how that should be. Uh, the Queen's English. This this car and yeah, what color is that? I forget. Uh, it's in the video somewhere. It's some blossom iridescent thing. Okay, yeah. So this is I, I really enjoyed this video. Let's um, so bring us back here. So and Alyssa, who is filming this for you, she loved this too as well. So tell us a bit about the uh, the Lotus Electra. I believe it's on the Geely. Is Lotus is owned by Geely, I guess mostly and this is on the sea the c-s platform that sound right to you um it's on a different chassis than polestar 3 and ex90 but there are some similar bits that are okay. shared right so lotus at least claims it's on a bespoke platform sure. i didn't go up under there looking at all the metal but right. all i can say is uh wow big numbers here uh, just seemingly does all the right things. Huge charging performance, uh, 350 kilowatt peak, I believe, uh, you know, holds super deep into the pack, similar charging profile to Taycan, uh, probably the new best charging electric car on the market. 
I would think, okay. uh, based off of Bjorn's test. I didn't have a chance to charge it. This was a Euro spec car and a CCS2 port, so doesn't doesn't work with us. And I didn't bring my one to two adapter, but that's not rated for 500 amps anyway. Okay. Um, so yeah, the the. Uh, the, the car was, you know, it seems, seems great. It, it looks interesting. At first, I was like, wow, that's ugly. And then I spent time with it up front uh, in person. And I, like, actually, it's very intricate, very cool. It's got huge active, uh, not necessarily active, but huge air management where you can like see through the bodywork and look down into the tires. Very Lotus Avaya-esque, if you will. Uh, some things coming through there. Very cool car. And um yeah, so so price is high ninety thousand dollars starting range for the regular Electra. Then it can go to the S model, which gives you nicer interior, bigger sound system, just like a. But it's mostly like a an option package, and then the uh, R, the Lotus Electra R, is the one I drove, which kind of has like all the stuff, or at least some of the stuff. You can still option ceramic brakes and and you know other things beyond that. Um, but it's got 900 horsepower, two speed on the rear axle, which is an interesting decision. Uh, right. Yeah, overall, it's just, uh, uh, you know, seemingly an insane car. Drove amazing, really drove great. Uh, but it's, it drove a little bit different than the electric cars we're used to, which is it, it didn't have like neck snapping acceleration when you smash the throttle. It smooths in the power. But man, if you stay in it, this thing gets gets hustling really good um you know it was really fun on a back road we were coming out of corners with the opposite lock sliding it around it was great and so it does like the performance stuff it does the daily driving comfort wafting thing it was so quiet it has like four or five lidars all around the vehicle that pop in and out of these little compartments and um yeah the, the one on the roof pops out of the roof rather than just sitting there like ex90 which is so much better looking than just having a giant lidar on the roof like neo has and others right. uh, overall i was just really impressed with the oh yeah the color is maybe blossom gray is what uh, someone's commenting but um yeah, it's not the spec I would go for. I'd actually go green on a gray interior, green on tan, something like that. Okay. Yeah, green, make green great again. I mean, I'm all about green cars, so that's okay. the way it should be. Yeah, so this would look great in China, but not in Fort Collins, Colorado in this spec. So, yeah, really, really a cool car. We loved it. Alyssa fell in love with it. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, there's just so much more to do. So it's it's an amazing machine. So yeah, it's uh, got a 111.9 kilowatt hour gross battery. I understand 109 kilowatt hours usable, so it's a pretty small. I mean, it's like it's just a couple of kilowatt hours of. Well, yeah, where'd you get that data from? Because everything I saw was about 104, 105 usable. This was on a uh, a European uh, EV spec website. Okay, yeah, I mean, I think it's got a little bit bigger buffer than that. Just according to Lotus, it was about 104, okay. 105 usable. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I should not. Well, I should not use unverified numbers. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's only. It's just. I mean, that's the only information I could find real quick. Uh, yeah, so the is, price range. The one thing I should mention is, you know, sure. ninety starting. But the one I drove was like the pricing for the U.S. hasn't been announced or confirmed, but probably one sixty, one seventy. I mean, it was up there. Um, a lot of money. Well, yeah, when you compare it to Tycon Cross Turismo, especially in the Turbo and Turbo S trims, it's one hell of a deal because you get so much more space, still very high quality, great handling, not nearly as good as Tycon, but very good handling and, um, you know, like really a cool package for less money than a Turbo S Cross Turismo. 
So like that seems good. But when you compare it to Model X Plaid, it seems like a terrible value on paper, but this right. is way beyond the numbers on paper. If you want to just go fast in a straight line, get a Model X Plaid. You know, that that's what that thing does really well. But this was intricate and cool and slightly exotic and really lots of nice stuff going on here. Even interestingly, I, I you know, I'm a Lotus fan. Um, so like to me, it's a little bit of sacrilege to the brand to do this because there's nothing here that's light. Uh, everything right. is heavy. Uh, but what's interesting is we, I, you know, at car week, there was car enthusiasts everywhere. And we had, you know, four or five different Lotus owners pop over while I was filming this car. They were so excited to see it out on the road. And, you know, probably three of them were like, this is amazing. I love it. We're going to get one as the family car. And right. the others were like, nope, not, this is not a Lotus, not into it, but at least they understood why they made the car. They're like, right. I get why they have to do it so I can keep driving my sports cars. Right. And that's sort of the point of this vehicle here. Because Lotus is like a small volume sports car company, basically, or it was until Gilly bought them. Yeah, it seems like they're going a little bit uh, huge expansions going on here. Right, exactly. And I mean, without Gilly buying them, I think they would have gone away, you know, if not by now. I mean... It's possible. It's, I mean, it's, it's a shrinking business. You know, a small, small producer of gasoline, combustion cars, sports cars. I don't know. So yes, they need they need some electric uh, vehicles in their lineup at least to begin with. And, and they have some great sports cars. Oh this God. new Amira that's just coming out, V6 okay. manual, looks great. I have one coming up in LA to spend some time with, which won't be on anything we talk about on this show, but that'll be really sure. cool. Right. I'm not sure what I think about that, the red in the interior, but I'm not really a red interior guy, but me either. The rest of it is kind of cool. I like the, like the pillars in front of sort of like the way the dash goes, you know, each side has like its own little, it looks like a plinth basically. <laughs> like you know. Yeah. The Electra is just a car that we've never really covered that closely. It always right. felt a little bit distant. Oh, um, here's it, a question. Sorry. I sorry to interrupt you. I had a really question. Okay. So you see that knurling around the cup holder Yeah, and stuff. How did that feel? It's metal. Because it looks looks like what's in the Cadillac Lyric, right? Right. feels so much better. But Right. So I just want to interject and say, Cadillac, this is what you got to do with that knurling. Yes. Just take this and put it in the Cadillac. Yep, exactly. Right. But like even on the shifter, like it's all like really thick metal. It feels great. Every All of the touch points here are just, you know, like raising the bar. But again, I don't know how much of that transfers to the base car. This is sure. so much more expensive than a Lyric. Uh, this, right. is, this is three times the price of a Lyric. True. So, you know, it should have true, some true. metal bits on the inside. And as, as, a, and it's, as you mentioned, it's a huge jump up in price from the, the regular spec Electra, the other trims of Electra. But this also has 300 more horsepower. It's like 900 and, uh, 905, right? Yeah, but it, it's, it's always a hard case to show or to prove sure. or to influence someone to spend a lot of money for more power in an electric car. Because in, in years of old, if you were to spec up to an AMG or an M or, you know, even an Alpina or something like this, you're going for, you know, the high end version, the spicy version of the base car. You have a different startup sound, a different daily driving uh, characteristic. The whole car feels and sounds and different. This, I imagine, I haven't driven the base car. I'm lucky enough to have driven the R because I think most reviewers have only driven the base car. Right. Uh, but uh, I imagine they drive pretty much the same. And the only time you feel the difference is when you go past 70% throttle. And that's, you know, you're still spending that same upcharge for not that same 
you know, expanded experience, if you will. So it's a hard spend there. You know, Alyssa really loved this. And I'm like, okay, well, it can fit the dogs. It's huge on the inside. But like, we would never consider the the R. We would go for the base car. Right. I mean, but yeah, I guess the base car specs looked... Um it looked pretty good. I think it was sub six seconds, zero to 60. This is like a 2.9 seconds. It's which four is, and a half, zero to 60 which on the is, base car. Actually, that's great. That's fine. It's it's hard to say because to me, it's not necessarily about zero to 60. It's about how the power is fed in. True. And so we, we, I just don't know because if it, the thing is, I think about how we use our cars and I'm not drag racing at every light um, right. unless I'm in the plaid doing something stupid. Right. Like I, I, we already have the fast car, so right. there's no need for, for this to be fast. I'm not saying we are going to get one, but it, it's something she won't shut up about. She loves it. I mean, yeah, I would I would I would trade the Audi e-tron in for that. <laughs> Not if you saw the values of current e-trons. Oh, that's a good point. Actually. <laughs> we mentioned that last week. There's some great deals for Audi e-trons out there on the, on the used market. 2019 is for like just over 30 with, you know, not it's crazy mileage. Yeah. Just like, buy a 2019 e-tron. They're so, yeah. This is like, so this particular episode, we have a, like a lot of expensive cars, which is, you know, kind of, you're at Monterey Car Week, so it's like that's a premium luxury car event. And so, you know, yeah, this is car expensive stuff. car week. Next week, we'll get back to the bolts. Right. But if you're looking for a deal, you know, go get on whatever site, your car shopping site, and look up the Audi e tron. Hey, hey, Dominic. Yes. Dominic, on the, uh, on, on the, on the, the uh, theme of expensive cars, if you want, I'm happy to chime in on the, on the Geely. Um, I did see the EX30 uh, at Electrify Expo in um, on Long Island. So when you're ready for some balance on like a $35,000 car, I'm ready to chime in. So Oh, you saw the EX, the Volvo EX30. Is it Volvo? Yeah, Volvo EX30. Yeah. So so Volvo had um, Volvo had the first EX30 in the country shown at Electrify Expo on Long Island uh, a couple weeks ago. And, uh, and it really was, uh, I, 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 they didn't let me sit in it, but it looked very airy, bright and airy. I know Kyle has, has spent time with the car, but that was kind of like the talk of the show, I must say. Yeah, um, that's going to be. And it seemed like it was very popular. And Volvo has, you know, they also had the EX90 there they were showing off as well. So they had, you know, the full lineup from the EX30 to the C40 to the XC40 and then the EX90. Plus, they had the big Mac Daddy bus, you know, the uh, Prevo bus with the trailer that has the the co- special espresso coffee uh, trailer with it as well, and their whole design center. And um, you know, it was it was really great to see that little vehicle. A lot of interest in that. Um, seems like a, it's a little bit smaller than the XC40, but oh, yeah. a great. It seems like a great value. I, I really enjoyed that car. Yeah, that's gonna be hot. That's like it's like compact, but. Uh... Looks, you know, pretty relatively spacious for its size, and just great n- numbers like charging, uh, efficiency, just range, just great numbers all around, and a lower low price, like starting at thirty five, I believe you said, right? That's what they they, they claim somewhere around there. You know, uh, we won't know until until it come until it comes out for sure. Peak charging rate was uh, I was told it was one hundred fifty three kilowatts. Um, but you know, ranges in the, what Kyle, I think maybe in the mid two hundreds, somewhere in there. Um, but you know, look for a, for a daily driver, great car. They're not going to be shipping it with NACs to start. It's going to come with an adapter. 
Okay. Um, that was a little disappointing, uh, especially since it's a 2024 model. But right. you know, you would think they could get out in front of that. But it's a global launch, and they got to figure out how to get this car in the hands of a lot of people. I think it's going to be uh, an interesting Model Three Challenger, but you know, from a price standpoint, but it's got that sport Ute look to it. I, I think it's going to be a pretty popular vehicle. Right on. Yeah, I think so too. Um, okay. Yeah, I love the EX30. I actually ordered one. Not saying I really want one, but I just, I'm, it's like I know someone who's going to want my reservation. Sure. Uh, and maybe we'll use it for something and then move it along or who knows. But uh, I'm sort of on this new electric car launches. I'm just reserving them. <laughs> and then, you know, if someone wants one, then then we at least got, got it reserved. Because so many of my friends are just switching to electric and getting into this. And then, you know, their, their wives or girlfriends or whatever, they're all interested in this too. And so... Um, yeah, like just just having cars on order seems like the move. Uh, yeah, so so Dad, EX30 just seems like the ultimate daily driver, doesn't it? It'll have the Tesla connector. It's way cooler than like a Model Three or Model Y. It's also a lot smaller, um, but like it's a slightly premium, trendy, cool-looking thing that you can actually charge and get around. Yeah, and and I think it's gonna it's gonna draw a lot of people into Volvo. That's not the car right there, to be clear. Uh, right. that's, that's up on the screen. But, you know, look, uh, you, you find sometimes there's a lot of brand loyalty and they're thinking that there were people that were driving. I ran into three separate people. Each one of them drives a Nissan Leaf now, and they can't wait for the EX30. It's, so they're going to bring, I think Volvo's going to bring in a lot, a lot of new uh, customers with this. And, you know, the XC40, I, I think it's, it's kind of pricey, isn't it, Kyle? Uh, and, and the range is not great, although they, they are going to have an update on that car. Um, at some point for 2024 model year, they're going to extend the battery and, and um, you know, and get that. But look, if they this EX30, they're, they're, it's going to be a hit. I, I, it already was. Um, they're going to be taking on a tour across the entire country. And, uh, yeah, I, I think they've, uh, they've got a, a nice, nice vehicle on their hands. They're really good. Right on. Hey, so we do have the... Uh the Maserati Fulgori on the screen right now, if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, and I had this on here because you got the chance to, I mean, this launched last year, I believe, last fall, I think. But this is your, your first time around the car, Kyle, to see it in person? Well, they, they have not started production. Right. This is still the same car that everyone's done stuff with. There really right. weren't many videos on this car, to be honest. Um, right. That for, I think they really kind of, from a it's, communication standpoint, didn't really tell anyone about it. They told like a couple outlets, a couple YouTube videos, nothing that crazy. And so anyway, yeah, I mean, we, certainly our audience didn't really know about this car being in the EV nerd sphere. And um, it's not under the radar for sure. Say that again. It's, it's definitely flying under the radar because it's got some great specs. And I just thought we could hit those really quick and, and move along because we've got a bunch of other cars to, to talk yeah, about. Yeah, but, but what I guess just I'll give you a quick overview of this is this yeah. is the Gran Turismo model for Fulgore just means electric. So there'll be an MC20 Fulgore. There'll be a, a Gricale Fulgore, et cetera, down the model line. And, um, you know, the, the car looks identical to the combustion one, which uses a three liter twin turbo V6. And that's available in sort of a, a lower power version, a mid power. And then the top spec of this car, at least on terms of numbers on paper, 
is electric. And they always said their electric ones will be better than their combustion cars leading into the electric era, which this is a big departure for Maserati um, because they've always had some of the best sounding cars and some of the least reliable cars. And that was just the Maserati thing. Uh, Or you were like the dude driving a 599 lease on a Ghibli that no one liked. So, you know, now, okay, they have some interesting new models coming into the into the market. This is going to be well over two hundred thousand dollars is my estimate. But the numbers seem pretty good. Um, 800 volt, roughly system architecture. I'll probably be just slightly higher voltage than Tycon is my guess because they use the same exact cells as Tycon. Again, I'm not really sure how it's arranged, but I imagine similar to Porsche. They probably just copied some of their homework and um you know, added some more cells to it. So it's slightly larger capacity. It's 93 kilowatt hour gross, 83 kilowatt hour usable roughly. Um, So small ish battery pack, but for a grand tour, you should expect to see somewhere in the mid 200 miles of range, which is fine. Uh, Great charging performance. I imagine it'll at least match Taycan and do maybe a little bit better. And that's one of the best charging electric cars in the market. Maserati really focused on the charging performance of this car. Uh, 400 kilowatts of regen, which is absolutely massive. And, um, you know, this, this is their like prototype mule. This thing had like 8,000 kilometers on it. It had been through the desert. You open up the charge port. It's all dirty and nasty in there. That's true. And it was pretty cool. Yeah, they have a, a Sonos, Sonos Faber sound system, which just sounded incredible. And uh, so that was really cool. Yeah, overall, the, the thing looked looked really better than I was expecting. I was expecting me to go, oh, well, it's a Maserati. It's not very good. We'll have to wait to drive it. And I was actually like, oh, okay, it's got good tech. Let's me adjust the charging stuff. It's got a route planner, like does all the things you need it to do. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I, was, I had the same kind of thought in my head because Maserati has like that reputation that you mentioned earlier. But this looks really kind of nice inside, like just everything, like soft and, and just looks inviting and comfortable and not ostentatious you know which is hey kyle was this the was this the car that you were saying that the stereo was so loud it was making your ears bleed or what what what, there was one you saw last week that was the stereo was ridiculously loud was it this car no that was the electro which had like a two and a half kilowatt sound system right 2000 2000 watts man yeah well over 2000 watts <laughs> but i like how you can measure sound system peak output in terms of kilowatts now um but oh, i was yeah, at right. like 40 percent, and my it was like so loud um a little bit similar actually to our e-tron our e-tron like if i go past half volume it gets pretty crazy right right on so that's the full full glory um you also had some videos where you you, you are so if you, people wanted to see what uh, monterey uh car week was like at least the electric side of things you have a video where you kind of walk around the whole grounds of it i, I guess i could probably pull it up here um you just, like i have a, all the cars you saw and there's a bunch like yeah ev kia ev9 ev6 gt pininfarina betista edition nina farina hyper gt that's a one that's one car <laughs> um the the pure uh, this vision design concept also from uh, Pininfarina and the, uh, and we're going to talk about this in a moment, the B95 Barchetta, um, my Italian pronunciation. You look at this word and you think it's Barchetta, but no, you, when there's an H, you don't pronounce the H. And then when there's not an H, you pronounce the H, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Rolls-Royce Spectre, Lotus Vivaya, Electric, uh, Acura ZDX. Remac Navarre, Myers Manx, we'll talk about that in a minute, a couple different versions. Uh, Hispano Suiza, 
you saw, which you, you not your favorite car, but I thought it was interesting to see there. Uh, and then the uh, Lexus RZ 600E, you know, let's, we need to see that car because that was nuts. I mean, out of the whole, we'll talk about some of these other ones already. Oh, that's not the, that's not the one. Um, nope. I need to cancel that and then uncancel that. Okay. Some, some problems on my end here with the bring up the proper video. What, what car are you wanting to feature? I can talk about it at least. The Lexus. <laughs> the RZ Sport concept. But this yes. is the dumbest thing there. Was it? Yeah, because it's not going into production. It's a concept. It's like not a thing. You think it's like, well, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, I was, was going to yeah, ask, so they're not going to make it, but then like, I remembered what, what, what it looked like actually. And yeah, they're probably not going to. Right. It's got these wings. It's got double wings on the back, carbon fiber tacked all over it. Uh, yeah, it's a very interesting looking machine. Uh, but the, the interesting bit is, Typically, they would do the sport concept and, you know, the RZ450E is the one everyone can buy. Um, and they would just do a sport version of that. This said RZ600E. So right. there is a chance that there will be a higher performance version RZ coming down the line based off of the badging here. Right. It might not have those double spoiler thing going on. Right. I doubt it would because that's really <laughs> dumb. Imagine imagine pulling out of the Lexus dealer with those things on the back of your car. Yeah, no, you're banned from Lexus dealerships with those on your car. I think. Yeah, that's just not. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's um, yeah, I, I don't even know why we're talking about that. Why, what what caught your eye about the RZ? Because that was really dumb. It was just unexpected. It was. Okay. I saw the 450E front and I saw around the back. It was like the 600E. And I was like, oh, well, that's that's weird. Okay. It was just unexpected. I'd seen everything else already. Yeah, uh, sure. But there's some great cars in there. We'll talk, we'll talk about some of those in a bit. Uh, also, so the not cars there, the electric cars were the lamest cars of the show. I there mean, the, some, some of these cars. crazy $20, $30 million combustion cars of, you know, old Ferraris, old Mercedes, just crazy stuff. So, yeah, really amazing. But that's not for the show, unfortunately. Right. But there, there was a car there that, oops, that's not what I want to do. There was a car there that you didn't put on video, but you did share on Twitter. And I wanted to share that with you all now, because maybe there's a story behind this. I'm not sure. No story. No story? No. Nope. Okay. But that's the Bollinger B1 concept, the same one that's been rolling around for years. Okay. It's and, got the, the doors off. And so I was like, is that, is that a different, what is that exactly? You know, I just want to know the story. So it's kind of weird that because the Bullinger is not making this for, for consumers, right? This is just, I guess, a demonstrator or something. Although that might be coming back. It kind of sounds like maybe the consumer thing is, is starting, starting back up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, I mean, just based off of rumors that I'm hearing, but okay. yeah, the, um, yeah, I mean, I know the guys at Bollinger. I was just driving down the road, and you know, everyone in the car industry is at this one event. So we just right. pulled in, and we were just hanging out, and we were like, "Oh yeah, that's a great, great spot there." Right on. Yeah, I was just, a, just I'm just was a big fan of the whole Bollinger thing, and I was disappointed when they went moved away from the consumer market and going for you know commercial vehicles. Uh, it's why we shouldn't cover concepts. Right. I mean, yeah, but they were, yeah. I mean, just, well, there's, well, it's interesting just to watch though, you know, people, even if they don't, if they, even if they're not successful in the end, just like the effort in trying to start, you know, car companies, it's a, like this new phenomenon in the last 10 years, right? With Tesla, yeah. basically, oh, let's start a car company. Great idea. Not easy. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> Not in any way. It's like, but, uh, but, but it looked great going down the road. It was like built for that area. It was awesome, but it's not worth spending any time on it. Right. Uh, what I did want to spend a little bit of time on though was you visited uh, Lucid this week, I believe yes. on Mon- Monday, was it? And uh, you didn't really share a whole lot with that as far as video goes, but you know. Well, you not had- yet. It, okay. I, just, it, the, well, I will have a video coming. Okay. Okay. I wasn't aware of that. That's, that's great then. Um, let me see if we can pull that up. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? What, what you saw at Lucid? Yeah, totally. Okay. So uh, this was this was a really cool opportunity to go to Lucid. For those of you who don't know, um, out of spec Dave's Lucid, uh, I've been lucky enough to uh, contribute to the car to borrow it for the summer. So I've had it for some time. And, um, you know, I've done 10,000 miles on it, maybe just a little bit more and you know, we, we've cannonballed it. We've done everything you need to do with the Lucid. We've driven it slow to get all the range out of it. We've driven it 70 miles an hour, 10% challenge, which by the way, the Lucid won the 10% challenge. We just haven't put up the video because Ryan filmed it so poorly. So we may have to do, I actually kind of want to redo it a little bit because sure. it was like a really hot day. It like wasn't perfect conditions all around. So I think we can actually make it do better. Okay. Um, so I was talking to Lucid about that. We'll we'll come up with a plan there. But basically, yeah, the the Lucid beat the Tycon just by a couple miles, um, and I think it could do better than that. Do so, you remember how many miles? Do you want to say? Do you no, want to say that? We have okay. it written down somewhere. I don't know. It doesn't matter. People okay. don't really know the ten percent challenge yet. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, I went there. They invited me uh, and Alyssa just to to go after Car Week. I had. Um, you know, been lucky enough to to know some of the engineers there, and of course their team. And they're like, "Well, let's let's come in, let's do like a real technical nerd day." And it was literally an entire day with their engineering teams, just learning information on the car. You know, not necessarily um, couldn't couldn't really film most of it because we were back in their labs. We were you know in their battery engineering facilities. We were in their powertrain dyno rooms, and it was it was a really cool. Um, experience and um, you know basically why a very eye-opening my friend Ahmad who's head of powertrain there really you know sort of liaison to the whole day and we shot a video together talking about mostly the differences of uh, Grand Touring, Grand Touring performance and the Sapphire and uh, so that was really interesting to see uh, the the actual differences between Grand Touring and Grand Touring performance go beyond just the specs. They actually use different cells in the cars and have longer thermal uh, performance, different inverter on the front drive unit, little things like this to, to make it worth. So I was like, why would anyone spend one hundred and seventy grand or whatever it is for a Grand Touring performance over a Grand Touring? But I'm kind of sort of understanding that a little bit more. Um, the Sapphire looks amazing. I did not have a chance to drive it. Uh, they wanted me to. I wanted to. But, like, there were CEOs of everyone all around. And, you know, because it was after car week, all these VIPs were visiting. And so, uh, yeah, the car just wasn't available for for a drive. But I, I'm sure I'll be able to drive it at some point when the, when the appropriate time comes up. But I did spend time with their chassis engineers talking about all the little changes they made to Sapphire, um, all the little third tuning, all these things. So basically, um, when it does come time for me to review Sapphire, I have so much more information than I would have had otherwise that I'll be able to share in that video. And um, yeah, it was a really, really great experience. Right. So I'm, this is this is a video I'm really looking forward to because they let you see everything. And I'm not sure if they, they didn't let you film everything. No, the video is not going to be 
right. like anything that interesting to you. It was mostly just us talking large okay. concepts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything there that you saw that you, you that you can talk about that you think the audience might be interested in the, the well, nerdiest ones? The the interesting thing is Lucid didn't tell me not to say anything. They were like they they didn't tell me to say everything. They just right, there were right. no, no seemingly restrictions on anything. So I don't know like what I can or can't say, but I can say it looks like the gravity program's well underway. Right. And so that was impressive to see tons of these things uh you know going through testing and whatever. So that was cool. Right. Um, so they have, they have pre-production yeah, all, all prototypes and they've shown them online, like the ones that go around the race or that went around. Uh, I don't know if they shot it at Laguna or Sonoma, but they showed one going around a track and um, yeah, that, they all look like that. There's just like a bunch of them, a whole like building full of them. Uh, it was pretty amazing. And I obviously couldn't take photos or share, show any of that, but uh, that's all been publicly announced. And they're out driving around doing testing all in the area. So that was really cool. And uh, we talked a lot about charging performance, a lot about DC charging, a lot about AC charging, their strategy on cell characterization, which happens with, you know, I was talking to my dad, which is like our car has a huge amount of DC fast charging on it, like, you know, an abnormal amount because I've driven it across the country and we've done, you know, obviously cannonballing, brought it back, 10% challenges, all these things. And um, in order, what, what Lucid does based off of their understanding of the Samsung cells, which are the same cells that Rivian uses, by the way. Um, so uh, in Grand Touring Performance and Dream, it's the same cell as Rivian. The one in my dad's car, the Grand Touring, is a different chemistry than Grand Touring Performance. And they have to be a little bit gentler with the non-performance in terms of charging curve and overall performance. It seems like the cells, I actually didn't really ask them too much about it, but it just seems like they can't push them nearly as hard as okay. the Grand Touring Performance. So we were talking, we're like, maybe we should have used a Grand Touring Performance for the cannonball and they were like yes that would have been even better because at high speed the efficiency difference they're like it's almost nothing you know in the epa cycle certainly a little bit but when you're ripping along there's very negligible efficiency differences and that car charges better um, and i wish we had known that early on because it's just something that no one knew at the time when we got our car but right. um interestingly they derate after a high number of dc fast charging sessions uh, however you can get your D rate back up to peak um, by AC charging a few times. So let's say you drive 500 or 700 miles equivalent and you just AC charge the car, it starts to open back up your DC performance. Um, and that's another reason why I want to redo the 10% challenge because our car is heavy DC charging. It wasn't AC charged a bunch. And so it's not the maximum the car can do, even though it did win, like it's right. still the best we've tested. Sure. Um, yeah, so, so there's a lot of little things that I learned, stuff like that, but like times a million. It was amazing. And literally they brought – they like stopped the engineers for – you know, a, a, an hour each or something like this. And there must have been 30 people I met. I don't, I don't know, but there were so many. And they were all familiar with my dad's content, familiar with our content, um, know how the car is being optimized based off of our feedback. We were able to see that, which was amazing. Saw Peter Rawlinson for a little while as well. And so, yeah, it was really a, a great background information experience to help me review Lucids and optimize the cars even better and to help our viewers optimize their Lucids even better into the future. Right. So, Dave. Yeah, just a, cu a couple of things, Dominic, on, on, the, uh, on the Lucid real fast. Um, you, you know, so, Kyle, I will be AC charging this car as per your request um, for the next, let's say, 500, 700 miles. 
Um, tomorrow, I'm actually taking my Lucid in for service, and I'm really happy that Lucid has opened up a brand new service center here on Long Island, Plainview, New York. And, and up until now, there's only been three service centers on the entire East Coast, one in Natick, one just in uh, Virginia, and then one down in uh, Riviera Beach, Florida. And so to now have, you know, this additional service center within an hour of my house, I'm, I'm really pumped about that. So what's also interesting is I'm going to get a loaner car from them, which I, I believe I'm going to be getting another Grand Touring. Um, and, and so I, I love that, you know, you get to know your car really well and certain things like low speed and um, some of the things that it, that it does. And I'm excited to get another Grand Touring just to see if there are any differences that I can pick up on. So I'll be reporting on that. I'll probably have the, the loaner Grand Touring for at least a week just because some of the items that are on my list are going to take them a little bit of time. But I will say they've been extremely responsive. The car drives amazingly well. Dominic, uh, you know, since I've seen you, I was out visiting Kyle, and I flew out and picked up the car, and we drove it up in the canyons, uh, Poudre Canyon. And, man, I'll tell you what, it's just it, – it, I don't drive crazy fast, but the, the confidence, the way this car handles – it, it really is kind of a triple threat, you know, the, the ability to be able to handle really well for what is arguably a big car in a canyon like that and then cruise on the highways and then just daily drive it. It's, it's, it's really growing on me. I took my daughter, Katie, up uh, from Connecticut to Maine. Uh, I, I'm going to have that video coming out soon. And I just incredibly, um, you know, loved driving the car. My biggest problem with the car has been DC fast charging it. Um, you know, A, finding the right chargers that play nice with this high-voltage architecture, which has been very frustrating, um, but also just that even when you do find a good one, the curve, you know, as Kyle alluded to, um, maybe it's because I've just DC fast-charged this car so much, um, the curve is not terrific, and so, uh, but well, it's overall, not the terrific. car is amazing. It's not terrific either way. So charging, I think we can all agree, is the biggest pain point of the Lucid. And I was hanging out with Eric Bach there, who's head of tech, and he's like, well, just, you know, AC charging and workplace charging is the answer. I'm like, yes, but we can't even get to the topic of talking about AC charging and workplace charging if you can't take your car where you need to take your car. Right. You, know, you buy a car to get places. Once that's sorted, I everyone is so tired of talking about DC charging. It shouldn't be a problem. Lucid is just as frustrated as we are uh, at everything. You know, they're having to work software packages around EAs and other charging, uh, you know, network providers' issues so that the cars stop breaking themselves. For example, ABBs are now sending too much current to the cars, and they're like, we have to open up max allowable overcurrents so that you know to basically stop our customers from from getting their cars go into a fault state. But it's like, that's not us. Like we have to work around their problems. And yeah. it's been crazy uh, to hear their comments about uh, how everything has gone. And, um, you know, certainly they, uh, you know, talking about uh, Tesla supporting high voltage hasn't been confirmed yet, but all of the ideas of, you know, they just want to provide a great high quality charging experience to their customers. The problem is they can't right now because they can't really go to Tesla because they've not said they can do a thousand volts on V3. I was thinking like just reconfigure the output uh, you know, side of V3 because they already do 800 volt, thousand volt between cabinets. 
it doesn't sound like it's that easy. Um, you know, again, it's, I'm just kind of reading between the lines on what everything is, what everyone is saying. And then the, the booster is only 50 kilowatts on the car. So like when my dad brings his Lucid to a magic dock, he's stuck at 45 to 50 kilowatts, which is not acceptable. And no. they're like, we could just tell our customers to do that, but no one's going to want to sit at 50 kilowatts. No. So they're working on a whole bunch of different ideas on how to provide better charging, um, you know, that, that I think we'll, we'll see the fruits of probably, I, I don't know a timeline, but it's not like they're ignoring it. They, they know what's going on. And I think they need to message that a little bit better. I was explaining to them too. I'm like, look, mm-hmm. you, your, your lucid owner base are our viewers, a lot of them. And like, we just want the car to charge. So like, just give your, your owners a little bit of confidence to know now that I know what you're working on, just let everyone else know like, okay, we get it and we're trying to fix stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I think that'll be a large part portion of my video as well. Talking about that um, type of situation. Yeah. Some more and better. And, commun- and just a, yeah. I was just going to add that the, the one benefit you do have of this car is so for example, I live here in Fairfield County, Connecticut. I want to go to Boston for the day and come back. I don't even have to charge. Right. So in that kind of a use case, it's it's fine. But when we, we road trip this thing, right, I, I, we bought this car, I bought this car to road trip. It's the longest range, it's the fastest charging and and not for fault of Lucid. It's it's everything we just said that that's been very frustrating to me. But, you know, the, 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 the thing is, the car is so amazing. The way it drives is incredible. And so it's this this sort of yin yang thing I keep having in my brain about what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Right now I'm keeping the car. It's an amazing car, and I'm I'm hopeful that EA will be able to work things out so we can avoid these signet surges. I I, I just got to give it some time for now. Is what I'm thinking. Well, that might be coming sooner than you think. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But it sounds like within the next week or so, signet surge may be a thing of the past. Uh, but these these are just rumors. I don't know. Uh, And again, who are you really going to trust EA's timeline here? I don't know. Maybe you should. But either way, the proof is in the pudding. When it's fixed, we'll do a video, you know, saying it's fixed. I'm ready to test it. You tell me, let me know which station. I'm ready to go there right now. And that'll be a great video. It's going to be like, holy crap, you can actually drive comfortably 800 volt EVs. I was talking to Lucid, the battery guys, a little bit like to Signet Surge actually hurt the battery. Um, because it's really jamming in there. And we even had some issues with our car where it was pulsing the motors. When it would surge, it would move the car a little bit. And they said that was only really possible, um, and it was slightly concerned, I mean, very concerning to them, but that was possible because the motors are the act as preconditioning devices, like Model 3. So they were engaged, uh, the inverters were engaged running inefficiently, and they were getting these spike loads. They said mm-hmm. if it wasn't preconditioning, the power would not have made it to the motors, of course. But they're like, even so, like, it's crazy that this is going on. Um, you know, they're, if not more frustrated than us about this whole thing. Um, and what's interesting is... Um, they said that the signet surge, it's not good for the car, but they're not seeing any noticeable um, increase of degradation or cell performance over time. So that's that at least is quite positive. But they 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 had a whole test lab dedicated to it for essentially like a whole thing testing cells at different temperatures with different surging, and it was, wow. it was, they really took it seriously. That's good. That's good to know. Yeah. Hey. So uh, really briefly, I wanted to talk about this video that I made this this uh, past week. Uh, this is a, I tried to, so I try to do a 10% challenge and I, I kind of failed a little bit. And uh, so 
uh, Ed here, who we question see on for the, you though. Did you ever did you watch a ten percent challenge? I, before I you have watched them in the past, but I didn't watch them just before I did it, which is that's the what key. I, what I should have done, right? So I had a lot of the elements there, but I, I was missing a lot of you know the, the finer details. But uh, so because well, I wasn't really planning on doing this, but this this guy Ed who lives close to me uh, just reached out out of the blue over over you know emailed me and uh you know suggested we try this because he he watches out of spec and uh it actually we had a great interesting conversation if it, um he bought his he's got, he's got this really beautiful tesla model x it's got i think five thousand miles on it now he just got it this past april um just the reason his reasons for getting that he goes over that a bit in this video it was very interesting he bought it because of hurricanes a lot of people use hurricanes as an excuse not to go electric in florida but he's like total opposite he has some great ideas there i thought but anyway so yeah we did this quick uh we tried to do the 10 percent challenge we kind of feel i think we're going to reshoot it we're going to i think we're going to try to redo it i need to get back in touch with him and see about that uh, because really, you only do it with one person in, in the car generally as well. I think that's one of the bigger things that we fell down on. Uh, well, but, I think that, you know, just going over climate settings and then right. you, know, you you came off of 80 miles an hour a few times. Right. That's the thing, too. We we did it in the well, it was the Saturday, but there was a fair amount of traffic. You know, we, we went back towards the city. I think we should have went away from the city, you know, just to be, you know, less traffic. Um so yeah, we didn't get the speed up. So we, but in the uh, the fifteen, so the ten percent challenge is you drive up to the charge fast charger, having been preconditioning, uh, you get it to ten percent. So you start at charging from a ten percent state of charge. This is like the mimic, mimic uh, like a road tripping. So you're road tripping. If you're not super, if you're a little bit conservative, you might stop at ten percent rather than the two percent that Kyle does. So you see your your uh, battery set at 10%, you pull in, you pl you plug in and you charge for 15 minutes and then boom, you're off again. And to see how, how far can you go on that 15 minutes of charging until you reach 10% battery again, where, you know, if you're road tripping, that would might be again where you stop and, and try to charge up. Yeah. So we call it the road trip range of a vehicle. And it is to me the most important metric, but as I was also thinking like it was a really hot day where you were and the, the cable wasn't wrapped with a wet rag because again, we're not reviewing the charger in the car. We're just trying to see what the car can do in its maximum. Right. Um, so yeah, but we put in 44 kilowatt hours in, in uh, 15 minutes, which I thought was pretty good. I mean, what is so Lucid did well over 50. Uh, Tycon does like 55 in 15 minutes. Electra should do close to 60 kilowatt hours in 15 minutes, something like that. I also think you were uh, coming off of peak because that car should be doing close to 150 kilowatts at 50%. Okay, it was and, doing, we did go up 252, I believe, early in the charge. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But I'm just saying, I think you came off of your peak charging curve because the um, handle got hot. V3s uh, it, on a hot day, they they still thermal derate, not as much as version two cables, but um, it's something that you got to do at night, you know, ice bath the cable. Uh, it's a it's an intricate test. People don't realize, I mean, now you realize like how many little things you got to think about. Yeah, there's. A, I have a whole list now, a whole checklist. From I think we lost your dad. I'm not sure if he's yeah, coming back. Yeah, he'll come back if he can. Okay, we'll just leave him there. Um, yeah, so 
it was it was a lot of fun. I got to meet a, a new person with a with a nice Tesla Model X, and I'm hoping we can collaborate on some other things coming up. Um, but, but yeah, wrapping the, wrapping the wet rag around the the handle that's still a thing, though, right? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, okay. uh, it's something that on a version three, it's probably not so needed. Uh, but on version two, on a warm day, absolutely. And version three, yeah, you you can overheat the handle on a V three, um, but but it's not nearly as susceptible because they do run coolant through, uh, and the coolant touches actually the the silver plated copper connections inside the handle. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's something I don't recommend to do all the time. It's not really good or bad for anything, but it just hopefully helps cool things down enough to keep a better session into the car. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, this is, we've had a lot of people approach us and say, Hey, can we do 10% challenges and all those things? And it's like, it's really tough to get other people involved. Also our tests are done at high elevation where we do most of ours. And so we have slightly less air density. And so sure. we're trying to keep all of our testing done in Colorado on our roads so that we can really compare car to car best as possible. We're trying to do them mostly at night now. So we have less thermal loads in the vehicle just to kind kind of even things out. But this is the best test that we do. It's a great test that anyone can do. Of course, you did one for your channel. It's great. And it really does show the road tripping range of an EV and the model X did great. Yeah. hundred and well, we got 119 miles. It's just about 120. It flicked over just as uh, we were talking about showing on the screen. Uh, Maki vlog uh, asks, shouldn't the test be how most people just would just charge? And most people aren't going to wait for, for the night or wrapping the handle. Yeah, but no, because we're trying to benchmark the cars. If we were going to do really customer representative testing, then it's just a crapshoot. Then right. it's like, yeah, well, some people, you know, charge for 27 minutes. Like, no, if we really want to compare this car versus this car in the almost exact same scenario, we are not reviewing the charging equipment, you know, because right. we're using Delta chargers, we're using Signet chargers, we're using Tesla superchargers, just depending on the car and the, and the exact location. So we want to remove all the variables other than just what the car can charge at its maximum. Again, right. it's a little bit like a Nürburgring lap time where like a Rimac Nevera might be able to run a seven minute, nine second lap or a seven minute, six second lap around the ring. I probably couldn't do that in that car, but it is nice to know what it could do versus a Model S Plaid at its maximum, as an example. So, nope, the the whole idea here isn't to represent what someone is actually going to experience because everyone uses their car differently on different roads and in different charging profiles. This is a way where we can go this car versus this car and try and make it, again, it's still real world. We still have variables, but removing as many of those as possible. Right. Larry Kuhn says, we need a novice 10% challenge. Well, that's what my video is. So, Yeah, <laughs> but then it's hard to compare. Then it's just like, right. here's what this car did on this day and these right, conditions. Right. Yeah, it, yeah, it's just, it would be just a rough guide, you know, rough. You and know. even then we could see 20 or 25% swings. Like with our test, what we really need to do is run our 10% challenge, same car, back to back to back to back and see how much deviation we get. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to do it in my, my Model 3, uh, long rear-wheel drive, long range. Uh, 2018 and yeah almost thousand miles on that you have oe tires on that car i i need to check i can't say off the top of my head okay yeah i need to check that possibly not that's another that's another thing the, the, the uh tesla model x that we did did a test and did have 20 inch you know wheels from the factory continentals i believe but uh, yeah but, but we should move on uh, and get into some news, but before we do, I thought I wanted to mention that. Uh, so, uh, 
this this past week, uh, a member of the uh, automotive journalist community uh, passed away, and, and it's it's pretty sad. And I just want to shout out to him and his family. Um, he was a very important figure for me and uh, for for Kyle as well. Uh, Stephen Loveday. He was only 45 years old uh, inside EVs. He was diagnosed uh, in October of last year with, with tongue cancer, and he un- underwent treatment and was declared cancer-free in March. But symptoms came back, and he had to go some very extensive surgery. And he leaves behind a you know a, a wife of 23 years, Janine, and, and three kids. Um, so it's a tough time, and I, I just wanted to throw that out there that we're thinking about the family and what they're going through. And I don't know if Kyle, if you wanted to say anything. The the only thing we can really say at this point is obviously extremely tragic, and there is a GoFundMe to help the family, uh, which we've contributed to. We've shared around through our social media, but we'll also leave it linked in the description to this video. Uh, if you have the means, even you know ten dollars will help. Uh, their families, of course, going through a lot. So whatever we can do to help them out is uh, what we need to do. Yeah, yeah. Stephen was just a, a wonderful guy, and he was really. Uh, yeah, he talked about he was, had a lot of conferences in you, Kyle, and you know he he knew like from the early beginnings that you know you were, you were capable of doing great things, and you know you've grown this like huge family of channels and have done pretty well, and and I, I believe like he played a, a, some role in that. Yep, he was there since the beginning. I mean, uh, yeah, years and years. I've been reading Stephen's work and then getting to know him, and yeah, it's just just tragic, but uh, yeah, insane. Huge influence, as I said it uh, when I shared the story. Is out of spec would not have existed without Stephen's influence. So, yep, it's uh, extremely uh, sad. Sad that this happened. Yeah. All right. Um- so let's move on to some news. Uh, uh, so this is kind of a big deal. So you got to see, this is a pretty interesting situation here. So the Remax Navarre set a new record at Nürburgring on, was that Friday or Saturday? They made the presentation, the 18th. Yeah, it was It was uh, Friday morning. Okay. Yeah, I think it did it, yeah. So, and then, so they, they set the record you know, on the Nürburgring, they did it. Uh, so it's the what was it? It's the shorter track configuration of twenty point six kilometers or twelve point eight miles, and they set a record of seven minutes and nine second nine no seven minutes point nine two eight seconds. Basically, yeah, it's it's seven seven minutes nine seconds. Okay. Okay. I'm not sure why I'm looking at Unless it like I that. got my decimal point mixed up. But either way, they didn't crest. They didn't break into the sixes like they wanted to. Right, which I kind of thought they would too. I was like, I'm, I'm, but, and I heard some, they had the video online. I haven't I even had a chance to like to go through the whole in that video yet. But and uh, I would say there's actually an even more interesting video than that, which is Misha's video on the behind the scenes and, you know, the prep work and that the car got pulled over for driving on the street. So they had to tri- get a transport truck last minute to move it from the charger back to the track and so they did a quality lap and they basically you know went out tested the car did everything brought it in a truck to a dc charger zapped it up to 100 percent, brought it back to the track again nurburgring doesn't have dc fast chargers on site which is crazy that the world's most famous and amazing racetrack doesn't have dc charging other than the tesla supercharger that's there um so that's always a benefit and uh it was an insane lap but the weather conditions 
really were not in their favor. It was greasy. Humidity was through the roof. Right. And so there was actually some sections of the track watching Misha's video where it was just peeling tire off of off of uh, the of the tire and leaving it on the pavement, literally just melting the tire off. So, of course, they have to use OE tires as a production car electric record. Um, right. It's and, got Michelin, Michelin Cup 2R tires on it. Yeah, no, it's real spicy. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, it's just crazy how fast this thing is. <laughs> right. So I, I'm just going to leave the, that lap up there for now. But uh, so they set this record and then like an hour later, they had a they had a little presentation, a speech because they announced um, a new, what do, you, what do you call a new, uh, like a trim level or a new, how would you say that? Yeah, it's just a special edition. Yes, they celebrate. Right, they celebrated the thing with the global premiere of the Navara Time Attack, so uh, one of twelve which they had on there. Uh, if you want one, you're out of luck because they're all already sold out. Um, so I'm not even sure how this works. So they were going to make 150 Navaras originally. So is this like a dozen more, or is this a dozen of those have been made are going to be made into Time Attack vehicles? Yeah, my understanding is a dozen of the Navara lineup will be made into Time Attacks. Okay, um, so that's that's pretty interesting. I don't know if we have a whole lot of information on that car. It's mostly it was mostly the like appearance package, though, right? Yeah, the, technically, I don't believe there's any changes. It's just a celebration of all the records that they beat. You know, doing that zero to sixty, zero to one hundred twenty, all of those right. things. The the Nurburgring, uh, you know, it's just another record that they can now add to this car. And and uh, you know, I got to see Mate there, and he's just like, we're just going to keep going and going and going and more records and more things. Uh, and so the car is just insane. It's an animal, and uh, you know, it's purpose built to just be maximum insanity. So um, yeah, really, really cool. Got to sit in the Time Attack version and and you know experience the in car stuff. Still have never driven one, but that right. uh, was a conversation that came up. It sounds like it's a possibility uh, sometime in the not too distant future. So I'm looking Sweet. forward to that. Uh, but no guarantees, of course, until we we actually get in and drive it. Um, yeah, the, the 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 lap record was really interesting because when Monte was giving the speech, he was like, you know, the, obviously we're we're many hours behind German time, and right. so they had done this in the morning in Germany, and then in the morning in U.S. time, Monte was giving the presentation unveiling the Nurburgring lap record, and he's like, we only had one speech, which was we won, we got the record. <laughs> there was no fallback option; like they right. had to get it, and they he, did, and it worked out great. He's he's ballsy like that. He's like a yeah, he's one of my favorite automotive CEOs. Totally. He's just, yeah, he's, he's like, great. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's stop that screen. And uh, I also want to talk about this other car, which is kind of related to the Remax car. Let's check on top. We're pretty, oh, we're pretty much on time. Uh, okay, we might got to make this quick. Um, but so Automobili Pininfarina, uh, they debuted at Pebble Beach this can you? Oh, that's sharing it already. Look at that. Uh, the world's first electric hyper bar, barquetta. I guess you, that's how you pronounce it. Uh, this thing is just like amazing. I'm not sure how we, what I've shared here, but yeah. And uh, so a bar, barquetta is a open top car, but with no provision for a convertible top. Right, so it's all lightweight. So I had some questions about this for you, actually. Um, oh, sorry. Right. We have a guest here, but I'm not sure who that is. 
uh, <laughs> some weird things going on backstage. But uh, yeah, so this this barquetta is like a, they're only making make ten bespoke examples of this thing. Um, zero sixty is less than two seconds. It's got the Remats uh, Navarro drivetrain in it. But I think you said something about maybe sharing, sharing the chassis, uh, Kyle. Oh, uh, I don't know for sure. I, I, I was basically saying there's a lot of Rumac tech that goes in this vehicle. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know anything about this one, to be honest. It's like not a car we really, there's only 10 of them. <laughs> right, right. It's not, we really need to review. I got to see it in person and like check it out and talk to some of the designers and stuff. But Pininfarina is a design house, uh, not, you know, they, they didn't really want to talk too much technical nonsense. Right. I, I get that. Um, right. And this, we don't need to spend any time on this, but it's just like a, a crazy I just car. I see myself buying one of these that's electric, personally. Oh, really? Okay. I, I would want a fire spitting, you know, V12 supercar engine in something that's this insane. Now, this is for everyone who already has those. And oh, this yeah. is just another thing to add to the collection. I this mean, is just not going to be. <laughs> This yep. is like a billionaire's car, basically, because I don't know how much they're charging for this. I don't think. I think it's four million plus or oh, minus. Yeah, cool. I don't. I don't think it's anything crazier than than four or five million, which is a lot of money for a car. But it's not. Sure. I don't think it's much more than that. Um, so the thing is, um, it looks like it has a lot of the Remats DNA in it. But so the Remats monocoque. It has a roof, and that roof st- structure is important. So this doesn't have a roof. So it was, it's like it's going to be modified in some way. So that's going to add a lot of money if if it's actually you know based on the original monocoque design. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 a car that we probably our audience. It's not really consumer advice if we research it and talk to everyone and get the sure. info. But it is cool. Uh, unfortunately, we don't cover the supercar world that closely. Mm. Right, uh, or at least not get, yet. Yeah, or we don't get to buy them or own them or anything. Uh, so, but speaking of supercar, also the long-awaited uh, Lamborghini. Uh, how do you pronounce that? Lanzador. Lanzador. Lanzador uh, yeah. made its debut as well at the at, at the, the place at, at the Pebble at the Monterey uh, Car Week. Sorry. Yep. It made its debut debut at the Quail, which was like a specific event as part of Car Week. And it's not it's not till 2028, and all the Lamborghini people were pissed off about it. Uh, but then, like you know, there was a a large number of people that were really into this thing as well. Um, you know, in terms of the specs, it seems cool for today. Uh, but who knows what the tech's going to be in 2028? We might be seeing 2,000, 3,000 horsepower. Uh, you know, cars rolling around by then pretty regularly in the supercar space. So. Um, you know, I, I think it's a bit early days. It's it must have some sort of like washing machine engine in it because <laughs> pulling pull, the, it does drive at, at like a half a mile an hour, but okay. it needed it needed a push to get it into the trailer uh, that they were towing it around in. So you know, it's very very concept car early days. Yeah, it's very early days. So the only thing we can really comment on it is like the form. Like this is like a two door lifted. It kind of has some, you know, the DNA of the Hurricane or whatever, and it has like a lot, a lot of Lamborghini, you know, style DNA. But it's like unlike anything else. Uh, I don't know. It puts me in mind of that actually. That uh, there was a company before called Local Motors who were trying to do a sort of a similar kind of looking vehicle, kind of off roadish looking thing that you could kind of build yourself. Anyway, that's what this kind of puts me in mind of only with like a, a big Lamborghini spin on that concept. 
it's like Urus and Huracan mixed together type situation. Um, right. Yeah, pre- pretty cool. I, I, no one seemed to be against the styling. Um, Lamborghinis always need to be a little bit outlandish and different, and this certainly is. Right. So, but again, it's years and years away. Right. So it's like, yeah. So we don't need to talk, talk about that too much more. It's just take that off the screen even because we're down to an hour and a half. We should probably get going. Um, yeah. This, why don't we just call that a, an episode? Dad, you got anything else you want to share? I mean, we, we we didn't really talk about your Model Y road trip. We didn't really talk about anything you got going on. Yeah, no, listen, I, I, I appreciate you guys asking me to come on here. Um, I can tell you where my head is, is I'm interested in – the Model 3 Highland, um, mm-hmm. you know, we keep seeing little sneak previews and there's a lot of buzz and we didn't well, talk what, about Cybertruck. What, what, what have you seen recently about Highland? Oh, you know, what, Kyle, I, I don't know what to believe and what not to believe. There's a bunch of YouTubers out there that are saying, oh, Model Highland's maybe going to have heads up display. Um, you know, there, there, there's been some more spy shots. Um, you know, the, 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 the tooling of the factory in Fremont, it, was it shut down to add new robots? What are they going to do with the old robots? And, you know, I think there's just a lot of chatter going on um, with this car. The, the thing that people are saying they have seen uh, confirmed is, uh, you know, the fact that it's going to be a stockless, uh, you know, uh, wheel. Uh, and what are people going to, how are people going to adapt to that? But I'm I'm interested to to find more about this car, um, but it it's I just think we're going to have to wait and, and see. A lot of people are calling me up saying, "Dave, what should I do with my current Model Three? Should I order the new one?" I said, "You can't order the new one yet. So if you're if you want to get rid of the the old one, you know, or the existing Model Three, probably do that now because as soon as the Highland comes out, the values are going to tank." Or maybe not. You never know. So anyway, I just I'm sort of watching that space. And then the only other thing that was on my mind is that there's seemingly truckloads of these cyber trucks showing up everywhere um, over the last week. And I, I don't know. For me, they're cool, but I'm not sure I could see driving one of those around. I, I just I don't know, Kyle. I know you're like all oh, you're like oh I gotta get one of these things right. But um, but you know look a lot of interesting things going on with Tesla that i'm keeping my eye on hey, hey dave uh, uh do you have a lot of credits in your loot box in your tesla loot box i do because there yeah. you can you can turn those into credits into an invitation to the cyber truck delivery event in austin yeah. texas i, I think- have no desire to go no okay. desire okay yeah i thought i'd make a good video i'd go I with thought- you yeah, I I love to see how to spec Dave right, at the right. at the. I don't have truck. any. I don't have credits. I'll go. I'll I'll be your plus one. Right. Yeah, I I actually I should change my my referral code to you, Kyle, because I, I want to thank everyone who who did use my code. I, I've maxed out now. Um, you you as, as consumers still get the value, but I don't anymore. So uh, maybe I'll change it to yours, Kyle. It depends yeah, on how nice you are to me. You know what I mean, Kyle? Yeah. You know, you gotta be nice to your dad. So. It's okay. So, I don't. Uh, I don't but, um, yeah. But so, I would like to, yeah, if we're going to uh, do this thing, like let's go to the Cybertruck delivery event. Use your. But well, we don't know when it is. That's right, the other problem. Right. So it doesn't they, matter. We'll go. Have, I will show up. They have this whole program. You can change. You know, cash in ten thousand your, your bonus points no, for, for an invitation. But we, sorry, thirty thousand. Thirty thousand. <laughs> but we don't know when it 30, is. But you have to be able to to yeah. you know take your day off or two off of work and and go to Austin, Texas at a drop of a hat, basically. Yeah. So that. it's for YouTubers. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's what right, we do. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later. I've got enough credits. I can do it if you really want me to. So. Uh, yeah, my only concern is I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm actually in the middle of Utah right now. Um, and window, I'm right by the Bonneville Salt Flats. I have to drive back to Fort Collins now, and then I'm right. flying to Europe tomorrow. Uh, and I'm going to be there for I don't know. I haven't booked my return flight. I'm going to be there for some amount of time. And oh, so my only concern is if it falls within you know my time over there. I thought you were going to be at the Overlander thing this weekend. No, but my Overland truck's there. Expo. Oh, okay. So your, your movie is going to be at the Overland Expo Mountain West. in. It's Little already Colorado. there. It's on display right now. Gates open so that everyone can check it out. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, let me, I just wanted to share this because I thought you, and maybe uh, you're, you have somebody there with it, I guess, son? Uh, yeah, the team's going. I think there's four or five of them going, something like because that. I want to, I want to learn more about this thing. Is that going to be at the Overland Expo? It will be at the Overland okay, Expo. Great. Yeah. <laughs> this thing, Earth, the, uh, if you're not watching this on YouTube, we're looking at the uh, GMC Hammer EV Earth Cruiser. Uh, it's debuting at, <laughs> at the Overland thing. And uh, it's pretty crazy, a whole lot. Well, we'll leave it for next week. But uh, yeah, a whole lot going on with that thing. Uh, yeah. So I guess that brings us to the end of our show. Uh, we hope to be back next next week with our, our full crew. There's some weirdness happening so we're still trying to work that out but next week will be our official launch uh episode episode one for reals and yeah kick off uh, the uh the podcast officially and then we'll also have coming up some interviews during the week as well some extra episodes and we'll talk about cheaper cars not just Rolls-Royce Spectres and four million dollar Pininfarinas yes but this is car week so that's what happens right uh, I mean, and I think of a lot of our audience are car people. Like I, I can enjoy looking. I know I'll never be able to afford those things, but I really I love looking at them and, oh, and yeah. learning about them. You know, and you're lucky you get to drive them from time to time. So yes. Uh, hey, wait, Kyle. Well, you didn't talk about the Rolls Royce. Ah, uh, well, we could do a whole video on that. Yeah, I mean the Rolls Royce Spectre. <laughs> I mean it's, it's been reviewed already. It's been out there in the hands. People's had their hands on it. I don't think you've driven it yet you got to see it it's in your video of walking around yeah you know, it's been been on our channel but we've never driven it yeah it's it's an amazing it's, i kind of i kind of like it except for the back end yeah the, back's pretty bad i wish yeah, it was a was, four-door that was the first time i'd really seen it in your video like looking at the back i was like mm, not not quite the rest of it's so good though it makes up for all that you don't only, only the people you pass see that anyway so that's right <laughs> all right so that brings us to the end of this show. If you have any questions or comments, please leave them uh, on our YouTube below or get in touch with us on Twitter or threads where we are Batteries Inc. Pod on Twitter or Batteries Included Podcast on threads. Uh, if you like the show, please give us a thumbs up. Uh, Dave, where can people find you on the socials? Yeah, so Twitter, it's at Out of Spec Dave, and my YouTube channel is Out of Spec Dave. So appreciate everyone's support. I'm having a lot of fun doing this. This week's a big week for me, getting the yeah. first press vehicle and doing the launch of the, the F-150 Lightning uh, Black Edition. So, Kyle, thank you for those opportunities. And, you know, it's uh, always good to uh, to join you, Dominic. You know, I miss you from when we rode those jet skis on that alligator-infested lake down in Florida. So. That's Luckily, right. we survived that, and we're able to do today's podcast. So, but I'll uh, I'll see you guys soon. And Kyle, I'll keep up with where you're at via Twitter. That's the way I know where my son is. So, you know. <laughs> right, yeah, Dave, your your out of spec out of spec Dave channel is just bumping. I think you had videos up just about every day of the week. 
this this past week, which is quite a feat because I'm looking at my own schedule and like after we finish the podcast today, that's me writing some outlines for some, you know, that's whatever I need to, I need to catch up with you. I need to, you know, you're, you're blazing the trail, setting an example. I'm staying busy. I'm, I'm staying busy. I have so much editing to do, Dominic. You know, I have a headache. I need Excedrin just to think about it, but it's all good. All right. So yeah, if uh, click subscribe, tap that bell icon for notifications and we'll see you all again next week. Ciao.